This is David Rhymes, and you're listening to Foot Notable, a podcast where we discover the truth is in the details. Well, once again, we are here for another episode of Foot Notable. Welcome back. After a crazy uh, week plus. Yes. Crazy is an understatement. It is an understatement. This is what happens when you have a major event like a uh, Category 4 hurricane. Yeah. Uh, kind of come through your backyard. Yeah, I think most of our listeners know we live in South Louisiana, uh, south, Southeast Louisiana, but if you don't know, we're situated in a part of the world where hurricanes come through our backyard it's normal. quite frequently. Yeah, so, we, we, we kind of joke about the seasons yeah, here. Yeah. There's, there's a few different takes on how we talk about seasons mm-hmm. in South Louisiana. One of those is that we only have two seasons, yeah. hurricane season and not hurricane and not season. Exactly. We are in hurricane season yes, right now. Yeah, so between June and, and the November. End, yeah, yeah, really June to November, yeah. but the, the six months. The 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 hottest uh uh area of that uh time is really August and September, the two months where we see the most yes. activity in the Gulf. Yeah. And that's when we kinda kinda wait and see what's gonna happen and hurricanes come often. They come oh, uh, yeah, unfortunately. different sizes and this yeah. one that came through last week was quite large and has done a tremendous amount of damage and devastation yeah. to uh the southern um southeastern part of the state. The coast, um, right. it's been hit pretty hard. So yeah. we are still recovering from that right. just nine days after. Yeah, and so for those that don't know, we are actually located in Baton Rouge. And uh, we did not get the full brunt of the storm. Right. Uh, but it came through powerful enough that there was still a good bit of uh, uh, structural damage. Yeah. You know, trees falling on homes, things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, knocking over fences, a lot of power outage uh, and whatnot. Uh, so definitely not as bad as those areas further south and southeast of us. Yeah. And our hearts and prayers do go out to them. But we want to just take a few moments and just to like update our listeners about, okay, how did kind of things fare where we are? Yeah. Just so they kind of have an idea. Mm-hmm. Um, so downtown Baton Rouge um, has a love-hate relationship with storms. Yes. Uh, it doesn't matter what kind of storm it is. Mm-hmm. You just don't know how downtown is going to react. Sometimes we get a little bit of a rain, and next thing you know, there's water in our building. Yeah. Sometimes a Category 4 hurricane comes, and we don't even lose power. Yeah. Which was the case for Ida. Yeah. Uh, we did Very not blessed. have the quite the rain event that was, was expected as this storm kept kind of jogging east. Um, we did have a good bit of wind, mm-hmm. but we remained with power. Throughout the the storm, which was a blessing here downtown. So many of the downtown businesses and some of those neighborhoods that are really close Mm -hmm. upon downtown, uh, they kept power. Uh, So we were able to kind of get back and operate uh, quickly. And there's there's a lot of government buildings, uh, courthouses, a lot of the, the function... Um, of the of the city and of the state is right here downtown, and so right. we're very blessed that um, our buildings were were, were largely um, operational moments after the hurricane passed through. Um, and ninety nine percent of the people that it, that are members of First Baptist don't live downtown; they live Correct. outside of the downtown area. And so what that what that means for us is that while the church has been um, sustained and has not really missed a beat. Most of our people have been affected in some way yeah, by this hurricane, very much so, because they don't live in the immediate area, right? Of the church, yeah, yeah. So one of the things that we've been able to do is just 
be a, a place of refuge yeah. for a lot of our folks who don't have power, mm-hmm. um, who've needed a hot meal and a cool place to, to be. Mm-hmm. And so we've been able to do that and glad that, that glad that we were able to. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. We could have very easily been in a situation like many folks mm-hmm. who lost power and have still um, still have no power. Yeah. Uh, case in point, me. This, this guy sitting across <laughs> from me, their family still does not have power. Nine days. I lost my yeah. power at, at 8 p.m. last Sunday, which was August 29th. Yeah. And as of today, which is September, what's today? September 5th, 6th, no, 7th. No, the 7th. I still do not have electricity in my yeah. home. And uh, we are managing, but right. patience is wearing thin, um, especially in the fact that it's 100 degrees outside <laughs> most days. Um, but we're doing all right. We did make yeah. another phone call to the power company today. They have our report on file. There whatever, you go. Whatever that report means. Report on file. Whatever right? that means. They've that's, been that's, contacted. That's, uh, that's like the magic thing. Exactly. So, uh, yeah, but we, and look, we're one of of literally tens of thousands of people in oh, yeah. South, South Louisiana that are suffering and those others in much worse condition than we are. Yeah. It was so, incredible the so, amount yeah. of power that was lost during the oh, storm, yeah. uh, particularly given the catastrophic failure there of that main power line mm-hmm. and tower mm-hmm. in New Orleans yeah. that pretty much knocked out the entire parish. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. The whole grid is out. Yeah. 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 So, so it's been, it's been slow coming back on for a lot of people. Some of those estimates, they put power back on as early as like the 27th, 28th of, of September. Yeah. And so that's a long time yet to mm-hmm. wait yeah. uh, in the heat. Yeah. And so, yeah, it's, it's a tough situation. And so part of our time today is just talking about some of these realities and how they impact us, mm-hmm. uh, what people go through um, when these things happen. Yeah. And we want to be conscious of it. Um, if you are outside of the impacted area, it's sort of uh, like watching uh, a TV show, mm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's like watching some sort of like uh, drama reality show. Mm-hmm. It's happening to them, but it's not happening to you. You're just watching yeah. it. Yeah. And so you don't really fully appreciate what is going on in the hearts and minds. You don't appreciate the daily struggles. Because that camera only gives you like a brief little snapshot. Yeah, exactly. And when the camera's off, well, there's there's life happening. Mm-hmm. And so for those that are impacted by this, uh, there's a lot more that's going on behind the news reporter mm-hmm. who's showing you yet another tree down on a house or another roof that's been ripped off yeah. or uh, an, another location where uh, food and water's coming in. Mm-hmm. Those are the types of stories that, people see, but it's not really what people are living. Right. What they're living is something that is a lot darker, mm-hmm. a lot more difficult. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it's, uh, it's something that we do want to be sensitive to. We do want to be aware of mm-hmm. uh, because, you know, we're going to talk next time about our response. One of the things we don't want to fall victim to in our response is to just sort of play storm tourist. Yes. Um, there's always this, desire for people to want to sort of be in on the story. Yeah. And sometimes that can happen in ways that disregards the reality and the pain that people are going through. Right. And almost treats them like, um, I mean, I I hate to be, you know, this blunt, but it's almost like, you know, an animal in a zoo. Yeah. uh, To be viewed Mm -hmm. and observed Mm -hmm. uh, than an actual person that is, is really hurting deeply. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. We um, 
probably the hardest thing that we've dealt with in Baton Rouge like this was in 2016 when the big flood came. Yeah. It wasn't a named storm. It wasn't a hurricane. It was that, just a massive rainstorm. almost storm. made it worse. Yeah, it did. Because you couldn't get the media. Exactly. So the media yeah. wasn't concerned because it wasn't a named storm. It yeah. wasn't a hurricane or anything like that. Uh, but it dumped so much water in our area. The, the rivers and streams over overran themselves and, and we had all this flooding. And it was catastrophic in many cases. I, I experienced the same thing in my own home. Uh, many others much, much worse than I did. Yeah. Um, and what what you feel like sometimes is that only the people who are in it with you understand. Yeah. And in some cases that is true. Right. But um, what we have to be able to do when we're detached from the situation, I, I give you an example. I was not in this area when, when, when Hurricane Katrina hit, I was living in Natchitoches. Yeah. So we watched everything that you were personally experiencing right. in New Orleans, we were watching in a completely safe place. We didn't experience anything like mm-hmm. what was going on in New Orleans. We're watching the news. But we also were able to understand even what the news was covering 24-7 right. wasn't the whole story. Yeah. You know, they tend to go where the hot spots are, where people sure. are shooting at helicopters. Right. That's always going to make the news, yeah. right? Um, and, and so we felt a little detached. We were really very detached from the situation. Now we felt some effects of that with people evacuating mm-hmm. that to help people after the fact, but even then it was difficult for us to understand what was going on. And you, you don't have to understand what's going on exactly specifically. Yeah. Like you don't have to have experienced it in the same way that others have to be sympathetic, to be compassionate, right. to, to have a, a, a posture of, um, of concern, you know? Yeah. It's 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 trying to put yourself in someone's shoes uh-huh. without ever having to actually gone through it yourself. And right. it, it can be difficult sometimes. It can it really be difficult. Can be. It's hard. Yeah. I think one of the things that helps is to for those that are on the outside looking in is to don't compartmentalize what's happening. Yeah. Uh, because what is happening is not unique. Right. It's just a different cir- set of circumstances. Mm-hmm. So what is happening uh, that people are experiencing is shock, grief, mm-hmm. loss, anger, confusion, fear, yeah. fear, mm-hmm. and you don't experience those exclusively mm-hmm. when a hurricane comes through. Mm-hmm. You experience those when you suddenly lose a job or at the loss of a loved one. Yeah. Uh, you experience those uh, when you know you may be having someone go through the the thrones of addiction and things like that. There's mm-hmm. a lot of different ways you can experience those those emotions. Mm-hmm. And so if you've ever gone through those types of crises, whether it be mentally, emotionally, physically, uh, vocationally, whatever it is, mm-hmm. um, then you have a, a sense of what that's like. Yes, It's just different sets of circumstances that brought that into your life. Mm-hmm. And so you can be very uh, empathetic yeah. towards that, even though your story is not the same. Right. Uh, so I think uh, it, it helps say, you know what, I don't know what that is like, but I do know I know exactly what it's like to lose, mm-hmm. to, to grieve. I know what it's like to be angry over what just happened. Right. I, I know what it's like to, to have fear. I know what that shock of things were perfectly fine, and then suddenly they weren't, yeah. you know. And so we can empathize with people. Uh, and so I, that would be kind of just a bit of, of advice for people looking at this. Mm-hmm. Don't think that there's not some connection. Right. Um, don't try to make it to be the same. It's exactly. not. Exactly. But just, just man, think back through a time when you felt this way yeah. and you're going to begin to sort of put yourself 
in part in those people's shoes. Right. And one of the pieces to that puzzle, specifically for us that are, that are living in this part of the world, in South Louisiana, yeah. this is not new territory for us. Correct. Hurricanes are not new. Yeah. It's something we've done before, yeah. and we're going to do it again. Like, yes. it's just inevitable, right? Yeah. And every part of the country has their 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 natural disaster they have to deal with, right? Yeah. We have hurricanes in the south, mm. right? Uh, the, the Midwest has tornadoes and floods. We, we see earthquakes and wildfires in the west. Right. So there's, there's always something. Look, the same storm that blew everything down here flooded the northeast. Exactly. New York and that area yeah. got, got the same storm. Gallons of water and every yes. it, it just dumped on them over the course of a couple of days, and so we all have our thing that we have to deal with. So this is not new territory for us. A hurricane knocking out power, and so it does help us in some ways because we've been on this road before to deal with this in healthy ways. You know, not to walk outside of our house, shout at the sky, "Why God, why?" Uh, we we have to come to this with a certain perspective that. Yeah. Other people are walking this path with us yeah. now. Right. They have before and they will the next time this happens. And it's going yes. to happen again. It is. It is. It's inevitable. Th- these are not um, short-term events. Right. Okay. You know, you, you may lose your job suddenly. It can rattle you mm-hmm. big time and you may go through these. But you also may gain employment in, in another week or two, mm-hmm. possibly. Mm-hmm. Uh, so when you deal with something that brings about the type of devastation on mm-hmm. a physical level, mm-hmm. because it is that way, the the feelings, the emotional uh, realities, mm-hmm. they are stretched way beyond yeah. what most of us would ever dare to want to experience mm-hmm. because those are th- things we don't have control over. We don't have control over the storm. Right. And then suddenly we don't have control over anything else after it. Yeah. We have no control over when the power comes back on, yeah. no control over um, whether or not our, our home gets put back in order in a reasonable time. What We have no control over our insurance, yeah. even if we have it. If you can find right? gas for your generator. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's, yeah <laughs> I've we've been, experienced we've as well. We've been yeah. sitting in these, those yeah. lines. So all of a sudden you just had this thing that you felt hopeless, mm-hmm. and you feel like there was no ground to land on, mm-hmm. Right. You are looking for your two feet to land somewhere so you can begin making sense of this, and it doesn't. Yeah. It's just like this long-term free fall mm-hmm. is what it feels like for so many people. Right. And I, I'm never getting my footing on this because I have no control. I just feel like I'm just tumbling, tumbling, tumbling. Nothing is working out the way that I want to. And so despite the fact that so much help comes in, yeah. a lot of resources come in, yeah. For you personally, it doesn't put a net underneath you. Right. right. Uh, it doesn't matter how many volunteers are pouring in. It doesn't matter how much funding is piling up. It doesn't matter how many trucks are bringing in supplies. For you, it's just this free fall. Yeah. And you just go on, is this ever going to end? Mm-hmm. There's something about the loss of control Yeah. and attached to that comfort mm-hmm. that puts us in a place where it's difficult to deal with something like this. If you, yeah. if you lose some of your comforts in life, but you still have control sure, to get them back, for instance, you can sort of handle it. Yeah. But when you feel like you've lost control of, of the situation around you, you begin to sort of, uh, sort of, um, withdraw from, from, um, 
from extenuating relationships or extra relationships, so to speak. Yeah. And you sort of just begin to just deal with what's in your life. And if you're not in a place in your life where you can deal with the loss of control for a temporary amount of time, you begin to make some unhealthy choices. Right, and we it see this true. happening in a yeah. lot of places. Well, also your mental state yes. is not in a good place. It begins to erode yeah. quickly. And so your yes. your capacity to reason mm-hmm. deteriorates quickly, yeah, absolutely, and, and you're not aware of it. Exactly. That's that's the thing that's most hurtful. Yeah, is you know I've used the analogy before. You know, with the the frog in the pot of boiling yeah, water. It's right, a slow pro- it's yeah. a slow process. Um, you don't you don't lose that rational capacity immediately. Mm-hmm. It, it begins to erode um, over time. Mm-hmm. And so you that erosion of uh, rational thinking, mm-hmm. the elevation of stress, they start feeling normal. Yeah. And you don't know that one is going down, the other is going up. Exactly. Because the, way, the rate is going up and one's going down, it just feels this is normal, this is normal. And the next thing you know, your stress is elevated just to very unhealthy, mm-hmm. unmanageable levels mm-hmm. in your capacity for rational thought and deci- good decision-making yeah. is the lowest it's ever been, and you don't feel it. Right. And and you can feel alone sometimes yeah. to the point where you think, is is God even looking out for me? Right. You, you may not think your neighbors are looking out for you, that anybody cares about your situation, to the point at which you begin to question whether God even cares yeah. about your situation, right. right? And that, for Christians, is a very, very dark place mm. where every Sunday prior, you're in worship, you're in fellowship, you're loving the Lord and loving his people, and now this thing has happened in your life, whether it's yeah. a hurricane, a death in the family, the loss of a job, economic collapse, whatever it is, where now you begin to even question God's faithfulness. Imagine yeah. that journey is difficult, right? Like, it's hard to get to that point, but when you get to that point, what do you do? Mm-hmm. Like, what do you do when you begin not only to question the... um the, the, the motives and even the morality of your neighbors. Sure. But now you're even questioning God's goodness yeah. because you're in a place that you never thought you would be. Look, yeah. my family and I have not had power for nine days now. Okay. We're blessed. We have a generator. Mm-hmm. So our food was not spoiled. We had a fridge that kept running the whole time. And we have one small air conditioning unit in our, in our bedroom. So the whole family sleeping in the master bedroom right now. We thank God that we have that. Some people don't even have that. Right. And they're de- some of them are dealing with it okay. Yeah. But I can understand where a person could get to the point in the heat and the loss of food, not yeah. knowing where resources are, where you get to a point where you begin to wonder if anyone cares about you at all, even God. Yeah. Right? And then you have stories of people who have spouses or children that are dying yeah. because of this. Yeah. Or that they are uh, suffering in a way that can't be helped. Yeah. Right? And you begin to wonder, is God even looking out for me? Yeah. Right? And and that's where we as Christians have to have an answer. Yeah. We have to counterbalance our fear, our doubt, our frustration with truth. Right? Yeah. So I've often said to the church before, we cannot allow ourselves to be overwhelmed with the what ifs. Yeah. We have to counter that with the what is. What is true? Yeah. Even if it's hot in your house and you have nothing to eat, what is still true? Does God love you? Does God care about you? Are there people that care about you? Because it's really easy to think that there aren't. Yeah. But that's not true. That's not true at all. There are people that care about you. 
We just have to find ways to connect with them. Yeah. Which is where those of us who do have resources and time and air conditioning and food and water and clothing, yeah. we have to connect with those people that are hurting to say, we do care about you. Here we are. Let yeah. us help you. And that's very difficult to, to make that connection. Dave, you experienced this 16 years ago in Katrina yeah. and it's probably still fresh in oh, some ways it's very fresh of the, of the yeah. feeling of not having what you need. And yeah. then, and then resources begin to come in and people yeah. begin to come in and how that's a very comforting feeling to know that people actually do care about you and they're trying Without to help you. Doubt. They are trying yeah. to help you. It's humbling. It is. It, it really is. is humbling. And one of the things, you know, it's important as you talked about getting the, what is in order. Yeah. You really need to do that before crisis hits. Absolutely. Firm that don't wait until you're suffering yeah. to try to figure out your theology on suffering. Mm -hmm. Because then the suffering will dictate absolutely. what that theology is. You become a victim of it. Correct. Yeah, absolutely. And so yeah. if you can if you can firm up what you believe what the Bible teaches mm -hmm. on the what is, then it's a lot easier to go through. It doesn't make it it doesn't make it any less traumatic. Yeah. But you're not second guessing as much about the what is. Yeah. And you can put your focus on that and know. And, you know, I know for us with Katrina, uh, it was humbling. It was it was really humbling to be that needy. Yeah. Um, and have people just pour out with such generosity on you. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, if under normal circumstances or if you brought me to your house, opened up your closet, and said, Dave, pick out any, any shirt you want to wear. Mm -hmm. I'd be like, That's weird. Orin, you're weird. why would it's you do that? Strange, no, man. Yeah. I, look, I, For real. <laughs> I, I'm just, I would just go to the store and buy my own clothes. Thank right, you. Right. But when you suddenly don't have anything, yeah. and that person set, opens up their closet and says, just grab it. Mm -hmm. If it fits you, it's yours. Yeah. It's just like, my goodness. Yeah. This is, um, this is generosity and love being experienced in a way that I never have before. Yeah. Like you always kind of imagine mm -hmm. it, but all of a sudden you're on the receiving end of it. Mm -hmm. And if you've got the, what is firmed up, firmed up in yeah. your mind, in your heart, then not only do you, I think better appreciate the person's generosity, but you also know that the truth is, is that this is the very hand of God Absolutely. working through that person. Absolutely. And so you don't just go, well, so-and-so is so generous. You go, wow, God's amazing. Yeah. And you walk away from that situation with a better a sense of worship mm -hmm. because you've just experienced the providence of God yeah. in a way that you probably have never experienced it before. Absolutely. And it, it sometimes it takes a hurricane yeah. or a tornado or a wildfire or a, some kind of loss or tragedy for us to really see that. Yeah. And it's really, it really hurts my heart when people aren't able to see it. I was talking yeah. to a church member Sunday. Yeah. I um, won't tell who it is, um, but they were telling me a story um, about someone in their life who has come to believe to some degree that Christians don't care about anybody but themselves. Mm -hmm. They don't do anything to help other, other people at all. And I'm sitting here in the middle of, I'm a week into this, and I'm thinking, that is complete garbage. Of all the people in my life who I know care about us and one another when tragedy strikes, when difficulty comes, when there is a fire or a storm or a death, it's Christian people. The first people on the scene 
Next to Red to, to Red Cross and a natural disaster is who, Dave? No, the Southern Baptist Disaster Relief. Disaster Relief. Christian yeah. men and women who show yeah. up ready to go. Gloves, food, ready to work, chainsaws roaring. Yeah. They got shower trucks and trailers. They have what is necessary to help people yeah. get their lives back in order. That is true everywhere in this country. Christians are the first ones on the scene. So I know for a fact that people care about each other. Yeah, it's such an unfortunate narrative that I think it's is so pushed out there so often um, because I think there's a need to paint Christians as uncaring. Exactly. And I think, unfortunately, uh, there's enough fodder online. Oh, sure. Uh, to twist that narrative. But there's no evidence. That's there's no true. evidence. Right. right. And so you'll hear a lot, oh, you Christians, you know, something happens and someone gets on and says, pray for such and such. Mm-hmm. Oh, is that all you're going to do? Pray? Yeah. How's that How's that helping to, put, <laughs> right. you know, fix the situation? Right. Um, and look, I get it. There are some people who use Christian charity as a, a, as a cheap way to virtue signal. Right. Right. Yeah. I get it. Yeah. It's, it's, the, it's unfair that's, that's not why we help is so that someone can look at us mm-hmm. and um, try to paint ourselves in some sort of uh, benevolent light. Right. Uh, but the truth is, for those of us that respond based on the transformation that is happening in our heart because of Christ, um, we know prayer is a thing that leads us in that. Yeah. So we, there's, the Christian that helps never just prays. No, they start with prayer, <laughs> right, right. But that prayer is a is, is a prelude to what they're about to do because mm-hmm. you, you can't do what exactly. you do in someone's life without prayer. Exactly. I mean, let's take it out of the hurricane realm. If you're going to go love your grieving neighbor because their husband just suddenly died of a heart attack mm-hmm. the day before, mm-hmm. you can't weather that as a strong stable friend mm-hmm. without Christ undergirding you. You got to, you got to pray. Yeah. Absolutely. You got to pray for that situation. You got to pray for the family. You got to pray for yourself mm-hmm. so that you can go and try to, you know, be the, 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 the hands and the feet and the voice of Christ in the situation to, to, to kind of be that shoulder to cry on and just, to just be present because yeah. it's, it's, it's going to be difficult and draining mm-hmm. and, so, yeah, we do come out a lot of times as believers with prayer, mm-hmm. but that doesn't mean there's nothing behind that prayer. Yeah. And so that, that narrative that gets told a lot that Christians don't care, I think, is because we'd spend so much time praying. Exactly. But no one bothers to look what's beyond the prayer. Exactly. And it, it assumes, number one, that um, all I care about is praying for you. Yeah, that I'm not interested in help. I'm not going to get my hands dirty. I'm not going to get my hands dirty. That's simply not the case. There may yeah. be some Christians out there that do that. Certainly, yeah. there may be the 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 the, the Christian out there who there's some there's some non Christians who oh, do that as well. Exactly, and that's always <laughs> seems to be the thing that's overlooked here. Um, but the reality is, you and I both know from a lot of experience in life that Christians are the people who seem to care the absolute most about our our basic needs yeah. to the point where people are calling you and asking you, "What can I do for you?" Yeah. Right. And so if you are listening to this now and you're asking, okay, 
I don't want to know what people can do for me. I want to know what I can do for someone else yeah. in this particular situation, whether it's a hurricane right now, which is real and present in our lives in Baton yeah. Rouge and the surrounding areas or in the future when it is something else besides a hurricane or maybe a hurricane also, what can I do for someone else? Yeah. Right? The first thing you can do is pray for them. The, actually, I would say, and it may not be, people may not believe this. The most important thing you can do is pray for them because what it does, then it turns your prayer into a path of action. Yes. You can say, okay, I have prayed for this person. I've given this person or this group of people to God first. Now, God, what would you have me do for them? Yeah. That's where the physical needs begin to be met or the spiritual needs are met. Right. The emotional needs are met. Like we can help people mentally deal with what they're going through mm -hmm. because we have now prepared ourselves to do that in prayer. Yeah. Jesus himself knew he was walking into situations that were going to be very difficult to deal with. Yeah. So what did he do? He prayed. Before, before he had Peter step out of that boat onto the water, Jesus prayed. Yeah. Before he was able to calm the sea, he took rest and he probably prayed. Mm -hmm. Jesus was praying before he came to that, that tragedy, that situation, that challenge and dealt with it. So you and I must do that first. And then go and look for needs to meet. Yeah. You're not going to meet all of them. No. You want to, but you can't. You personally, we as a church, are not going to solve every problem in front of us yeah. right now. But we can do something. Yes. Everyone can do something. Yeah. No matter how old you are, no matter your physical condition, no matter the resources you have at your disposal, you can do something to help someone in some way. That's where we can be most effective as followers of Jesus Christ because there everyone knows someone who needs something. And even if you don't have everything you need right now, you know someone who has less than you, who has less yeah. power, who has less water, who has less food, who has less clothes, who has less hope or answers. Go meet them where they are and do what you can to help them. Right? And then once that's settled, solved, as best you can, then look for someone else who has another need in your life. Just don't be the person who is looking at a, a disaster and saying, there's nothing that I can do. That is absolutely not true. You can do something. My encouragement, our encouragement to you today, before we get to the specifics, is there is something you can do. Look for it and then go do it because you love the Lord and because you love that person. That's the way to do this. All right, we want to thank everyone for tuning in to this episode as we've just kind of discussed some of the realities that face us yeah. when we are in these crises, especially like these hurricanes. And um, I hope you've picked up on the teaser this of what very, we're talking about next week. It's a very general overview. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Uh, we're going to get no more specifics. specifics about how to serve. Because, listen, you know, you've got two, two categories, big categories of servers in a, in a situation like a, a hurricane. Mm -hmm. One is going to be relief. That's kind of that crisis mode, where we are now. Yeah. And people are just like, what do I do? What do I do? What do I do? But because this is a long-term thing, there is going to eventually going to be that recovery rebuild. Yeah. And don't forget about that. Mm -hmm. You may not be in a position for relief, mm -hmm. but you may be in a great position with how God has gifted you uh, with your – uh, your passions, your your compassion to be part of that 
recovery and rebuild yeah. that's going to be going on for months um, and, and even years even longer, yeah, in, for sure. in some for cases. Sure. Yeah. And so we're going to get into some more about that next time mm-hmm. and talk a bit more specifics just so that we can best prepare ourselves mm-hmm. to, to love and to serve in the weeks and, and months ahead. Absolutely. Yeah. So we want to thank you so much for joining us. Uh, again, you can find us in all kinds of places. Everywhere. Uh, we're on Facebook um, at uh, facebook.com backslash footnotable podcast. Uh, you can find us on Instagram over at, at um, footnotable. Mm-hmm. And we're on YouTube. If you would just search footnotable, we're the only channel that comes up. If you find us on YouTube, we would love for you to go ahead and subscribe and ring that notification bell. Uh, if you're watching a video, either on Facebook or on YouTube, like it. Because that actually tells the algorithm to promote this video. Yep, absolutely. So it, you're helping other folks find the content. Yes. If you have found it helpful, if you give it a like, please share it. Yeah, for sure. And you can and you can share it. Yeah. You can definitely share it um, and let other folks uh, be aware of these conversations that we have uh, typically every week. And so, thanks so much for joining yeah. us this go around, and we'll talk to you again next time. Next time.